May the peace of God be with you. There are two things that I knew were going to happen this Sunday morning. The first being, I'd be a little nervous. And the second, tissues would be needed for the lady in the back left corner over there. <laughs> Every year, I would sit in that pew, sigh, and think to myself, well, I'm going to have to do this one day. And yet here I am, standing here, giving my sermon on East Sunday. Growing up as a child of the church has produced so many memories. I started my time here being dedicated and took some great naps down in the nursery. I then attended Bible school camps as a small child, which I was so young, I still don't remember doing it. As a teenager, I went on retreats and then finally went on trips like going skiing in seventh grade and then on a mystery trip to St. Louis not two years ago. These trips produced many friendships that I wouldn't have made without this place, and I'm grateful to that. Even though the memories are great, I feel that the lessons learned will be carried on with me throughout life. I feel like I speak for most of you, but Northminster means a lot to me because it is the place where I feel most comfortable for worshiping. There seems to be a sort of aura in the air every time I step through the big door downstairs. And this brings me peace. Once I've walked up the stairs, I've either been met by Woody to give me a peppermint or someone had already commented on how much taller I had gotten from the last time they had seen me which is usually since the previous week. <laughs> this place allows me to separate myself from the outside. Sure, I pray on my own and have a relationship with God outside of the church, but it just isn't the same once inside Northminster. This feeling turns into something that is hard to put into words. If I were to summarize it in a weird way, it would be that Northminster allows me to put all distractions behind me so I can put my soul, focus, and undivided attention on what I am doing. And this is hard to do anywhere else. This church has an identity that is second to none. Thankfully, I can describe this part of Northminster because I am lucky enough to have first-hand experience. This I have done by helping out with Stupot and the boarding home project. But I keep hearing about all these other projects that we do. For example, Maybe we're going to help out a certain group of people by giving them clothes. Or maybe a bad storm has just come through and we're going to deliver food to others that need it. Whatever it may be, this church is always willing to lend a helping hand. And this is special. Most importantly, it is the fact that this church commits to random acts of kindness without expecting anything in return. That is the complete identity of Northminster Baptist Church. As a kid, I couldn't retain the message out of every sermon. In fact, there were barely any that I could actually remember. It's just that over the number of years that I've been here, I've heard a couple of sentences more often than others. That being, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others just as you would have others love you. This would be about the time where Pastor Poole would stretch out his arms as far as he could and say something along the lines of, love God with all that is in us, arms out, just as Jesus did to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. I don't exactly remember how it went, but I got the point. I fully believe that if someone does this, then the rest will take care of itself. Thankfully, this place has engraved that exact idea in my brain for years. And for that, I say thank you.
Thanks be to God. Good job, Ivy. The peace of God be with you. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Hello, Northminster Baptist Church. A little birdie told me that you were looking for a senior pastor. <laughs> Given that I am a senior <laughs> and I am preaching today, I hope this temporarily calms your worries over this process. <laughs> you may have noticed that I have moved from my spot in the choir loft. This is not because I wish to sing at the pulpit. Instead, for variety's sake, it is because in all of these years of being a Northminsterite, I have been given so much love, patience, and hope that I cannot be thankful enough for. It is my hope that today you all could learn something from my experience. The experience, of course, that could not have happened without all of you. I was given the unique job of preaching on Transfiguration Sunday. No pressure, right? When I looked at the script, the scripture, I read about Jesus standing with those who had come before him. Different people with different legacies that have the same amount of godliness as each other. When the body of Christ transfigures, it shows the bigger body of Christ, the large, complicated body of Christ I will discuss today. In this transfiguration story, we see an example of this body of Christ. With this example, I get to use one of my favorite words, microcosm. If this word is new to you, its definition is a smaller instance of a bigger concept. When Jesus is standing on this mountain with Moses, Elijah, and his disciples, we see such a microcosm. The 12 disciples, Moses and Elijah, all play different roles in the story we are told in the Bible. Their stories take place years apart, miles apart, and yet at the end of the day, they are all equal on this mountain, witnessing the glory of the same God. What does it mean to live different stories in different ways, yet at the end of the day, witness the same God? To start my own story, we need to go back to Children's Chapel and meet a young girl who was terrified of the church's organ. <laughs> Love you, Sheila. <laughs> While other children in my Sunday school class were excited to see the mysteries that the long-awaited big church held, I did not echo the same sentiment. The pipes were tall and scary. So I lived my time in the children's chapel to the fullest, but I have a confession to make about that time. That confession is that I definitely did not understand prayer back then. In fact, I didn't even close my eyes because I was scared that I would miss something if I closed my eyes. My theory that I would miss something was proved right when I would see the adults change the poster to the Lord's Prayer so we could all read the words. If you've been to Children's Chapel, you know what I'm talking about. 
When first grade came around, I had to get over my fear of this organ. My mom and I drove up to the church to meet the new children's pastor, Leslie Ratcliffe, who wanted to help me get over this fear. She took me into the children's chapel to hear the organ from afar. First time, I cried. It was a failure. But she did not give up on me and let me try again. Eventually, I wasn't so scared of the organ. Some of you may find it ironic, or like me, find it funny that I now sing with the choir so close to the organ I once feared. But at the end of the day, it is only natural because I had a holding hand from the body of Christ to guide me there. My own experience with finding out what role I played in the body of Christ was not so clear. This was perhaps because I got older, and when we get older, we start to doubt. At first, it's simple things like, why do I have to learn algebra? Or, will I really break my mother's back if I step on a crack? <laughs> that does not alert you to change. It's fine until it suddenly becomes, if God is good, why do bad things happen? And am I good enough for God? Growing up is terrifying when you ask those questions. But then you go on the beautiful journey. What I understood is that I still could not focus very well during prayers. I understood that others had been baptized at 5, 7, 12, and I was 13, doubting everything. I'd started to have meetings with Pastor Poole around that time because I figured I should get baptized, and if I get baptized, the questions would go away. Chuck Poole saw right through me. He saw someone who didn't understand what baptism really was for them yet. One day, I dared to ask him one of those big questions. I asked another and another, but the answer was the same. The answer was that there was none. This is an exceptionally painful realization for questioners like me. Pastor Poole, a fellow questioner, told me it gets better when I learn to like my questions. Okay, sure thing. Easier said than done. I said to him that I would find the way I could focus and I would get baptized then and I would be happy in big church. Those of you who know me well know that doesn't happen for a while because journeys take a long time. I faced some hardships in my eighth and ninth grade year that made it hard for me to stay in big church, so I spent my Sundays downstairs with the younger children instead. I never understood that I was still being a good Christian by helping those Sunday school teachers. Now I do. I wouldn't regularly be my place in the balcony until COVID restrictions lifted around the first semester of my 10th grade year. It was around then I realized how I communicated with God. The answer may be obvious to you, considering what I regularly do on Sundays, but it was not so obvious to me. It was life-changing. That summer during quarantine, I came up to the church for a virtual service where I would sing the anthem, Jesus, the very thought of thee. I remember no one in the congregation, and I remember leaving the building and just breaking down, crying, because when I sang, I felt him, and I felt you all there watching. I felt him the same when I sang with a multitude of voices on Sundays. I went to back to the big church feeling better, 
I knew what part of the service was the one I could communicate with God. Those fears that haunted me during the prayer of saying the wrong thing vanished because how can you say the right wrong thing if it's written right in front of you? All of us are part of the body of Christ, a body which is not an ant colony, but a conglomeration of stories, purposes, and everything that makes us human. We all play different roles in our lives, a hand, an eye, a foot, a voice. Voice is my personal favorite, but that does not mean I cannot act as a helping hand or a listening ear. Voice is simply my primary favorite, a voice that sings mostly, but today it felt the need to speak for two reasons. The first is to give my genuine thanks to everyone in here who has helped guide me to this pulpit today throughout my life. Thank you. The second is the reason I talked about this. Among you, there may be someone like younger me who does not feel body, valued as a member of the body of Christ or doesn't understand all those big questions. This was for you. My best wishes to you as you embark on your beautiful, messy journey to understanding who you are. At the same time, I will be embarking on my own adventure at college and discovering more about the person I was created to be. Isn't it amazing that we can all take these journeys physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually at the same time? Praise be to God for questions. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time of